Welcome, my name is Tom. This is The Enthusiasm Project, Season 7, Episode 9, Feeling Fine, It's Divine, Get in Line, okay, um, grow a spine. Anyway, it's great to see you, or for you to see me, it's great to be here <laughs> this week. Uh, I took a break last week, and now I'm back, baby, for Episode 9, which means next week, Episode 10, is the season finale, and have something very fun and semi-experimental planned for that one. But as tradition has dictated now, this is also a video version. So if you want to see the video version as usual, just check out Patreon or YouTube channel memberships. Links to all that stuff is in the show notes. Today, though, I am excited to talk about this topic because I think it's always very interesting to come back and explore something or dissect it when it's something that you've changed your opinion on, changed your mind on, over time. And that is something that has happened with today's topic. So before we get into that, I do want to just point out everything I'm using again, as tradition dictates, uh, pretty much uh, nothing, nothing super crazy different. I don't remember which mic I used last podcast because I've been switching mics out like crazy, but I am using the SM7B today, running into the Rodecaster Pro 2 on the SM7B setting directly into Ecamm Live. And that's it. That's the whole setup. Um, I've been really just coming back to this one because I like it. I like the results so much and it's just so easy and I'm appreciating things that make things easier so much lately because it really helps workflows and workflows are something that come in handy when you take on new projects. What was that a transition into today's topic? A clumsy one? Yes, it was. <laughs> So the, today we're talking about the idea of a second YouTube channel, which if you're somebody who's just trying to launch your first YouTube channel, it, it, that's probably not something you really need to worry about, but it's probably something you've heard about. If you've had a YouTube channel for a while, it might be something you've thought about. It was something I was very, very much against for quite a few years up until recent, well, I'd say up until about a year ago. And now I've totally changed my opinion on second YouTube channels for the most part. I've always thought that a second YouTube channel makes sense in certain cases. I think the, the best rule of thumb is one channel per audience. So if I have a camera channel that has, you know, an audience that makes sense because people who would be interested in cameras, but if I also want to do a baking channel, it wouldn't make sense to put those videos on that same channel because it's two totally different audiences. So things like that, it makes sense to have two channels. But beyond that, when it was just sort of like, well, here's my channel, what I do. And then I also just want to have fun making videos. So I'm going to make a second channel over here. That was the thing that always just sort of stuck with me in a way that I didn't like very much. Because the thing that I noticed so many times were channels I, I enjoyed and watched and admired. They would grow. And then the person would inevitably, inevitably say, oh, go check out my second channel. That's where I just have fun and post whatever I want and do whatever I want. And I understand what they're saying. But to me, that that was also implying that the video I'm watching, the channel I'm watching, the channel I like, that I discovered the person through, is not fun or enjoyable for them. You know, by saying, go over here where I have fun, 
it's like, oh, you're at work now. And this is where it's like, I actually want to be over here. And it always just sort of made me sad. It made me sad that something, I guess it's like, you know, if you've ever seen a band or heard a recording from a band that you know the members don't like each other and they don't want to be together, but they're going on tour, they're recording an album because they, they're contractually oblig obligated to or they just need the money for it. You know, it doesn't really matter how good it sounds. It doesn't really matter how catchy the songs might or might not be. There's something, at least for me, that always feels weird in those situations. And this is kind of similar to that where it's like, well... Now I feel like I'm watching these videos that are just a pain for you to make. And then the stuff you really want to do is over there. And that that's how I felt about second channels. And I always thought that it was a cool thing to go, I don't need to do that because it's a very fun, creative challenge to try and do the things I want to do on my main channel, as they say. Meaning that if I had an idea for something creative or something experimental or something even kind of personal that I wanted to do, finding a way to make that fit and give it context and make it relevant in a video that I was going to make anyway from like the existing audience for that channel is a really, really fun creative challenge. And I still think that that's something, I still think that that's a really good thing to do for a couple of reasons, because it It is a fun, creative challenge. That's the thing that will, I guess, mainly inject like a lot of personality into the stuff that you're making. If you're, you know, if you're, say, doing a camera review, like here, I'm holding a, a GoPro right now. If I'm doing a review on this GoPro, I can read the tech specs. I can show you sample footage, but anybody can do that. GoPro can do that. You just go to their website or go to their YouTube channel and see all that stuff. Why would anyone want to watch my opinion on this thing? And that's where a lot of your personality comes into play. So the more that you let that be a part of it, the better. And if you're keeping this all very like buttoned up and dry and then letting all of your personality over on this other space, you know, a separate channel, I feel like that is a disservice to the the main stuff that you make because we don't get to see the the things that, you know, make you enjoyable and make you unique. And so when you have those ideas, whether it's, you know, using a certain camera angle or a technique or a piece of gear or covering a certain topic or whatever, if there's a way to incorporate that into what you're making, I think that makes the thing even better and even more personal and just even more fun for the audience. And so I still, that's still kind of my number one thing. If I have a, a creative idea, I like to think, okay, how can this fit in a video on the main channel that I've been building for a bunch of years and is the main thing that I do. Like, that's where I want the thing to go. However, the problem has been, and I, I didn't realize this, I guess, until maybe about, I would say last summer. So about a year ago, I was noticing that as I was kind of feeling more confident in what my channel is and the kind of things that work on it and what I want, want it to do, I noticed I was turning down creative ideas that I had because I couldn't make them fit. Sometimes the stretch was just too far. It was, you know, baking on a camera channel kind of situation where it's like, this would be really fun. I don't, I don't have any way to make that relevant. You know, like traveling somewhere, for example, if you have a piece of gear, a microphone, a lens, a camera or something, you can always incorporate that into the review somehow because it's like, hey, I'm testing this out over here. Isn't that fun? But if you're just going and doing something fun that you like, you know, if you're a camera nerd like me and you just want to take your camera and go take pictures and videos, but then you come back and you're like, well, what do I do with these now? <laughs> like they're fun, but do they just stay on my hard drive or or what? 
and I don't have a place for them in a way that's actually going to fit on my channel, what I ended up doing then was going like, well, I guess it doesn't need to be anything. And so then, and then I just wouldn't record anything or make anything because it's like, well, I'm doing something. My impulse is that I want to have a camera. I want to take a camera. But realistically, I don't have any outlet for the stuff I would make with that camera. So I might as well not do it. Like I might as well just avoid the hassle of having to take something. And I realized over time that that was not great, at least for me. You know, it's not like it's a crime or anything, but it wasn't for someone who likes using cameras and who likes making stuff and who likes having fun with that kind of stuff. It was I was limiting myself from using those things because it didn't have a specific purpose or application for my channel, which is the main thing that I do. And that was kind of where I started thinking, okay, now I kind of understand why people lean towards second channels. And of course, another thing that I thought, you know, especially in the earlier days of my YouTube channel was it's YouTube, right? You, you can put whatever you want on it. And it shouldn't matter. Even if you do want to do a baking video on a camera channel, that really shouldn't matter. However, that's obviously not true. And I don't mean that even from like a performance standpoint. So I've seen the two people in my life who I've seen struggle with this the most are Heather and Peter, because um, both of them have, have had two YouTube channels for a long time. And both of them have one that's personal and one that's their more like professional one. And it, the endless debate of what goes where, should I have two channels? Should I have one channel? Both of them at this point, the reason I'm comfortable using them as examples is because they've got it figured out. And it's been interesting because I feel like I was able to observe both of them come to the conclusion, but entirely independently, which is very interesting. Like, I don't know, from a not scientifically sound research perspective, that was very interesting because both like Heather, the, the number of times we've had the conversation of, I want to do this. Should it be on this channel? Should it be on the other channel? And then she just had a very specific you know, like eventually it kind of came down to, okay, um, she has one channel called Heather Ramirez. That's just her name. That is her, she calls it tutorial channel because it's tutorial driven, a lot of creator tools, things like Canva, Mighty Networks, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like these tools you can use, a lot of software-based stuff to kind of level up your skills as a creator. And a lot of it is geared towards people who are just starting out or people who are pretty early or just exploring these things for the first time. And it's so specific because even when she doesn't upload a video on that channel for a while, it still grows. She still gets like daily comments and messages from people saying that it's helpful. So obviously there's something there really important. But then her other channel, her Heather Just Create channel, like where we do the couples table and stuff, it's a bigger channel. And it's the one she's been working on. I think it's, I think technically it's the one she's been working on longer, but it is just the personal. So there's the couples table, which is our personal podcast. And then if she ever wants to make a vlog or do something like that, it you know, it goes on that channel. So that's where you'll see like the vlog she made when we went to New York earlier this year. That's where you'll see the videos where she and I met for the first time, hangout live streams, all that kind of stuff just goes there. And I know that makes sense, but coming up with that division in your mind of where, where things go is tough. And the same thing goes with Peter where, I mean, geez, I don't even know how long, it must have been at least a year that I heard him and talked to him as he was like going through trying to figure this out where it's like, okay, I'm going all in on the vlog channel. So he started a second vlog channel, then he had his main channel. And then, you know, he really, really liked making the vlogs and had fun with them. And they, people seem to like them. Like they, 
they do well, they perform well. And so he's like, well, why am I doing these over here? I should just put them all on the main channel. Everything's one channel. It's my channel. It's all, it's my name. And, you know, just put it all here. And then he would do that. And the vlogs would perform very badly on his main channel. And it was kind of back and forth of like, how do I make this work? How do I not? And now it's been a while. It's been at least since 2021, the end fall of 2021, that uh, Peter's been doing his vlog channel very separately and his main channel here. And some topics, you know, sometimes there are gray areas where it's like, oh, I this video could have been on either channel. But I think the, the, the distinction is pretty clear that on the main channel, you know, you kind of know what you're getting in terms of it's a product or technique focused video. On the vlog channel, it's it's a it's a Peter focused video. So, you know, he is the the person, it's his channel. The other one is more um topic focused, I guess. And that is a way that makes sense. And it it made me sad for a long time to think that you couldn't just make and share whatever you wanted because that's, to me, the magic of YouTube is being able to make and share what you want. But you can. You can put anything you want on any channel. It can be as different and varied as you want it to be. But like Peter and Heather found out, it's not going to perform well. And what I mean by that is if you have a channel that is your main channel, the thing you're growing, the thing that maybe you're earning revenue from, whether it's full-time or part-time, the thing that you're, you know, known for even if you don't personally care like how the more personal we'll call them vlogs like more personal vloggy style videos perform they really do affect the channel as a whole they you know if you post a couple of those videos and they don't do well then your whole channel kind of gets like your your all your videos get recommended and pushed less and whether or not that's fair and how that whole system works this probably a whole can of worms that we don't need to go into but it does have a negative effect on your channel last december sarah dici i was following her she was doing vlogmas where it's like 25 videos in a row throughout december through christmas and she was having a great time or it seemed like she was having a great time the videos were great like i really enjoyed them and i think it was around like halfway through it she posted a video where she was like yeah i have to stop this it's not because i don't enjoy it but it's killing my channel like every you know these videos are hurting all of the other videos and that was also kind of a light bulb moment for me because like, I don't know if you want to call it creative, creatively or artistically, the idea of just being able to share what you want, how you want in one spot, that seems really fun. But if you are spending so much time building something, why would you actively hurt it? Like, why would you take that stick and ram it into the spoke of the bicycle wheel as you're riding the bike, like on purpose? There's no reason to do that. And so... I started feeling like, okay, putting this kind of stuff all on one channel, yes, individually and artistically, you can argue like, I should be able to do this and this is how it should be, but it's not how it is. And if you're building something that's that you care about and that you're putting time and effort into, I think it's important not to harm that. And while I do think one extreme end of the spectrum is the example I mentioned earlier where somebody's like, you know, here's a second channel. This is where I enjoy what I do. And here's the main channel. This is work that pays the bills. I think that's a bad place to be <laughs> because, it, you know, the main thing you're doing, you're not enjoying. But the the less extreme version of that is here's my main channel that I've built up for a long time. I also want to make other stuff, but it doesn't fit here. And I don't want to hurt the thing I've built. I don't want to 
like disrespect the work that I've done and myself and all the energy that I put into this by doing something that could harm that. So I'm going to put this stuff over here where it's not going to have an effect on this. I think that makes a lot more sense and it's a little more nuanced. It sounds, I guess it sounds more simple as I'm explaining it. Maybe I'm just slow, but I think it's a little more nuanced because when you're in the, when you're in the driver's seat of that situation, figuring out what that line is between those things can be, can be a little difficult. And, you know, that's why um, I had started, I had started a second channel actually because of this, because of the video podcast. <laughs> I started a second channel last year that had nothing on it. And literally, if you went to the description, it was like, this is where I post unlisted Patreon videos. I don't know why you're here. Have a great day. <laughs> and and that was what the channel was for, was so I could record video podcasts, upload them as unlisted videos, and then share them on Patreon because on my main channel, I can upload video podcasts and share them with channel members. But once they're shared with channel members, I can't, you can't link the video elsewhere or share it elsewhere, which makes sense. It's members only perk. Like, it's not like, here, channel members pay to get this. Also, I'm just going to give it away to everyone else over here. And for a while, I was uploading two versions of the same video to my channel, one unlisted, one members only. But it was really clogging up, like, my, like, feed or my like content page. It was getting confusing. And then I even talked to YouTube specifically because I was like, I don't know if I'm breaking a terms of service by like uploading the same file twice. And I was, ex I explained to them what I was doing. They weren't like public videos. It was members only and Patreon stuff. And YouTube said that they seemed it was fine, especially because I wasn't monetizing either of them. Although I guess, I mean, specifically they are for monetization because they're for, um, you know, members and channel supporters, but I think in terms of ads, they don't have ads on them. So it didn't count as like being monetized. And so they weren't that interested in it, but I know it's kind of a gray area. And even the guy I talked to through their customer support was like, I think it's fine, but I don't have like a definitive, he wasn't like, don't take this as gospel kind of thing. So I thought it'd be better to put them on a second channel and just keep things separate that way. And so I had this second channel that I was going into, and then it was on the couples table. We were joking about a second channel. Everything comes, everything I do lately just ends up coming from a joke on the couples table. But um, it was, yeah, Tom should have a second channel. And then somewhere along the line, the idea of calling it Tom Buck 2 came up, which was just stupid and funny. And it was like, I should do that just specifically so I can use that name because it's so goofy. And... Then I think I'm trying to think of what changed. So I was watching Peter do his vlogs and seeing how much fun he was having and talking to him about how much fun he was having and how much he was enjoying those. And his vlogs are kind of at a different level in terms of just production quality, con like everything about them is sort of bigger than anything I would make or could make. And then I was watching Heather do hers, especially like earlier this year, she was on, you know, like quite a streak of doing vlog style videos and went to New York and she covered that whole thing. And it, it was just really fun. Like there's something especially about Heather where whenever I see her doing something with video, it really makes me want to do the same thing. Like if she's live streaming, then I'm like, I should go do a live stream. Cause she makes it look so fun. If she's out vlogging, I should like, she just makes it look so fun and so natural and so simple that I just want to do it too. And it's like, you know, it would be really fun to be able to just 
put together these videos. But then the other hurdle in my mind, and this was probably the biggest one, was why am I going to spend the time on that? Like, I know those aren't going to perform well, which is fine. But if I'm going to spend time filming, editing, and uploading a video, that should be for my actual channel, which is the thing that I that really matters, right? Like the thing that I'm trying to grow, the thing that is my job. That's what I should spend that time on. If I'm going to spend hours editing something, it's going to be a video for that channel. And that was where Peter helped because he he was telling me that when he does his vlog, he gives himself a hard time limit of two hours or less for editing. And sometimes it's not even that much. Sometimes it's like under an hour he'll be able to do it. But it's just, it doesn't matter. Whatever he can do within two hours, that's what the video gets. And then filming them is, you know, totally different. He might be filming all day some days. He might be filming just for five minutes or 10 minutes, like a talking head thing at one point. So the filming part is different, but that's all kind of fun because you're out filming, sharing, documenting, making whatever video you want to make. And then the editing part, you just kind of know it's going to be one or two hours, which feels like a long time. But when you get in that editing workflow, one to two hours is very, very fast. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like that idea a lot of, of, not that's that's not going to make me feel like I'm taking away from time I should be spending on something else or not even should be could be and want to be spending on something else on really polishing a video for the main channel or or whatever it might be and so that got me kind of thinking a while back I don't know when I uploaded the first video on that channel it's been several months now <laughs> um oh no it was my guitar project that was what it was wow, if only I had made notes before I started recording this. That's right. I'm going to pause real quick because even though I just paused, by the way, if you didn't hear that, that was the cut right there. I had to go grab my guitar or a guitar because even though most people are listening to the audio version, I have to be like semi-visual and show what I'm talking about. But what I'm holding right now is a 2001 Squire Bullet. It is a $90 guitar. (laughs) It's my first guitar that I bought and it is the subject of the first public video on my second channel because this guitar I I feel like I've talked about this many times here it looks so nice on camera right now it's bright lime green it's really pretty this guitar sat in pieces for 20 years because when I was a kid when I got it um it it's a 90 dollar guitar it's not like the best playing guitar in the world and very quickly I I got a different guitar saved up and got kind of a, a nicer one that was a little more encouraging to play and then I tried to refinish this one. So I like, it, it had some chips in it. So I took the paint down and it turns out uh, refinishing a guitar is a lot more complicated than just spray painting some wood. And so I didn't do a good job on that. I didn't know how to put all the electronics back together. And then it just sat in a bag for 20 years, moving from house to house, apartment to apartment, everywhere <laughs> with me until finally earlier this year, I was like, you know, I'm going to fix that guitar up. And so I spent a bunch of time refinishing it, which is kind of funny because it's a nitrocellulose finish. So it's already got some like cracks forming in it, which um, I guess is actually not a bad thing on these finishes. It's just something that kind of happens. If I get the guitar catching in the light, you might be able to see some of it. But in the light here, it just looks shiny and beautiful. It's lime green, which is not the original color. It was like a dark blue kind of thing. So I refinished it. And then I also put in like $500 worth of souped up electronics so that way i think it's way out of tune (laughs) there we go um so it has like these really nice seymour duncan pickups in it 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 has like the nicest electronics of 
any guitar I have. And it was a really fun project. It ended up taking almost a month to do this and I wanted to film it, but I knew for sure, like I am never going to be able to incorporate this onto my main channel. Like this is just a step too far, but I want to make a video about this. So for most of it, I just use my GoPro. Uh, it was nothing crazy, just the GoPro 10, just even the built-in audio or whatever, especially because there was spray paint stuff going around. I didn't want like my fancy cameras being around all that. And I just kind of documented the whole thing, just day after day, week after week, the whole process. And then I put together this video and I was like, I'm gonna put this up right now. So I put that video up there and that was like really, really fun. And that was my first video, which was something I wanted to make. I'll put this down so it's not distracting me. <laughs> there we go. So that was something that I wanted to make that definitely didn't fit on my main channel but wasn't something I was willing to miss the experience of documenting. And I'm so glad I did that because not only, not only was that experience worth it, like I'm happy I have that video now, but it was sort of like the first thing, it, you know, the thing where there's a room of people and someone says any questions and no one has any questions until finally one person asks a question and then suddenly, you know, 15 other people have questions. It was like once I made that one video, finally it was like, now I can make other videos. And so... You know, I made it ended up being a bunch of music related videos at first because then I got my bass back here and I was like, oh, here's, you know, here's me getting this bass that I'm super excited about, which is another thing it would not fit on my main channel. Here's another video all about the Sweetwater 55 point inspection of that bass here, you know, and then it here's me going on my first like flying lesson <laughs> to get a pilot's license, like stuff that does not fit, but is really fun. And that that really has been amazing, honestly, that experience. And the thing that, that's really great about it is I don't want to say that I don't care because that's not true. I was saying it's really nice because I don't care about what happens on this channel. And that's not true because I do care about the videos. And it was Heather, I was talking to Heather and she was like, well, not caring makes it sound like you don't care about the videos, but obviously you do care because you're putting time into them and you're sharing them. Like if you didn't care, you wouldn't even make them or you wouldn't put them online, so you care. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so we realized, no, it's not that you don't care, it's that there's no pressure. And it's a very different thing. The things I don't care about, which is really cool. So, you know, having my main channel, which I just, you know, I don't want to say agonize because it's not painful, but I analyze and focus on like everything that goes on that channel. Everything the channel does is very specific and I care very much about it. So then to have another channel where there's things like, I really don't care about the subscriber count. I really don't care about the view count. I'm sure I would raise an eyebrow if I upload a video and got zero views, but you know, there was a video earlier, like a couple back that was getting like one view per day. I was like, cool, <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> you know, because at that point, like the video is not being framed as providing a service, like on my main channel, even though I try to put in personality and fun and all that, I also really try to frame the videos as what the person watching them will take away from them. So if you're watching that video, what will you learn, think, do or whatever after, after seeing that? And I try to make that very clear. It's like, it's, it's almost like a I don't want to say customer service thing, but it, it's it's very like value oriented. Whereas on this channel, 
it's not that at all. Like they're, they're, the videos are not framed in a way of like, learn how to do something. Like I'm not teaching you how to refinish a guitar. I'm just showing you me refinishing my guitar. I'm not teaching you how to play bass. I'm just showing you my bass. Like it's, it's just sort of hang out. It's, there's no pressure on my part to create something that someone needs to have a clear takeaway from. I just want to create something that someone enjoys watching and spending time with and if they want to get to know me a little bit better. And so I figure that if that's how everything is framed, the person who is finding that, clicking on that, watching that, they're in, they're they're on board for whatever it might be. Like they don't need me to try and sell them on something or or whatever. It's like they're there for whatever it might be. If it's filmed with a phone or a GoPro or bad audio, <laughs> whatever, you know, like and that that is really cool. So that's what I mean when I don't care about, like I really don't pay attention to views or anything. There was a video, it was my base video, the one I mentioned. It kind of got popular. It it went from like like a hundred views to sixteen thousand kind of quickly. And part of me was like, oh no, like I don't want, I don't, I don't want people to find that video, go here, and then think that they're gonna get more of this. Cause they might. I'm definitely gonna make more videos about my bass and playing bass and stuff, but then there's also gonna be other totally unrelated things in there. And it's like, no, 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 please don't have that video get like popular because I don't want people to have the wrong impression, which is a very different feeling than I've had in the past. It's like, no, 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 like that's let's keep this its own thing here. And it's funny because there have been several chunks of time this year now that I've had that channel, which is why I wanted to wait to talk about it for so long. Cause I wanted to like have it for a while, make videos for a while, think about it. Like I didn't want to just like, I made one video, let me dive in and tell you about it. There have been chunks of time where I don't post anything on it for like a month or two and it's fine. Like, I don't feel any pressure. I don't feel any guilt about that. And then there have been other times where I post like multiple videos a week or every day for a few days in a row or something. It's just whenever. There's no pressure. It's just whenever I want to make a video. But what I found was even after making my first video and just having that one video up, knowing that I had that outlet really affected how I approached my main channel. And I didn't expect that. It, it kind of gave me, like, it took some pressure off because when the main channel was my creative outlet, if there was something I wanted to do or something I wanted to share or a technique or something, I, I there was almost like pressure to figure out like, well, how do I use this? If I want to do it, I have to fit it into something here. And if it's fitting in there, it can't be distracting and it can't, you know, take away from what the video is here. And that pressure is gone. It's still, if I have an idea, like here's creative idea for something, the first like filter I'll put it through is, does this fit on that channel? Like, is there a way I can fit it in there? If so, I really want it to go there. If not, instead of just letting it die, then I go, oh, cool. That's, that's something I can do over there on the second channel. So it's like just knowing that it was there, even if I wasn't using it, knowing that the creative outlet was there, knowing that if we are going somewhere and I feel like I wanna take my camera, that it's not necessarily going to go to waste. There's nothing wrong with taking your camera somewhere, taking photos and videos, and then doing nothing with them. That's totally fine. But you know, it, it, if you know that's what's going to happen when you're doing with it, it sort of feels like. Mm. Whereas now it's like, oh, I can take that, I can film some stuff, and maybe it'll turn into something. Who knows? And that has been great. Like, like the freedom, the creative freedom I have felt from just knowing that the second channel is there, even from not using it. It's something I didn't really expect and almost like one of the biggest benefits of having it. And then the other huge benefit is actually making stuff because it's like, it really is like, like 
you know, the the dam burst. And once I start making a couple of videos, then it's like now I I have that like same feeling I had when I started my channel five years ago where like everything could be a video. This could be a video, that could be a video, and there's zero pressure. There's no pressure for like how it fits and how it performs or anything. So those are the things I don't care about. When I say I don't care about that channel, I don't care about numbers at all. I don't care about analytics at all. I don't care about how things perform at all. (laughs) None of that matters. And it's so refreshing. What I do care about is trying to make good videos. Like I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time, right? Making the video. So I try to have fun making the video. That's awesome. So that creative outlet has been amazing. I try to have fun while I edit the video. I try to do what Peter does and limit myself to under two hours, if not even 90 minutes to edit the video. So that way it's just, there's no time to double think anything. There's no time to like, you know, oh, should I change this? Maybe this does need to go. There's no time for that. It's like, if I'm looking for a song, the first song that kind of catches my ear, that's going to go in here. If I think like maybe I should do this or do this cut here, that's going to go there. Like very, very quickly. There's... I don't want to say there's no time put into thumbnails, but kind of like I just find an interesting looking frame in the video, put it in Photoshop, make the colors a little brighter and more saturated. There's the thumbnail. It's not the like three to five hour experience of making a thumbnail for my other channel. And then, you know, there's a little description about, hey, this is what this video is about. There's no chapter markers. There's no closed captioning. There's no SEO. There's there's no like on the normal channel when I upload a video, getting the video uploaded, there's still like two hours of work to do after that, at least, which is, that's like my least favorite part of the process is just the video is uploaded. And now I need to put everything in place to, to make sure it has everything it needs to be as successful as it can be. Whereas this is like, no videos uploaded. Basically I'm done. Throw on an end screen. Like the video is the thing I care about. I don't care about any of the other, like any of the other part about it. And then sharing it with people is is really, really fun because if they've chosen to watch it and they've gone even so far as to leave a comment on it, that's cool. Like, that's amazing. And that that's the stuff I care about, like making something, sharing it, connecting with other people through it and letting people, like if someone sees the main channel and they go over here because they want to like get to know me a little bit better, that's really fun too. And there's just no pressure. So there's parts of it I don't care about, which are mainly analytics and numbers-based. And then there's parts of it that I do care about, but there's no pressure. Like I care without pressure and that feels so good, <laughs> you know, to just be able to just have that kind of fun. And and it, and the, the other thing, I guess, so there's so many thoughts I'm having. In addition to just being really fun and making it like now everything's a video, it has it's been a really great, it's helped my main channel to be better and my main videos to be better because it's more practice. It's more reps on camera by the very nature of the second channel. It's a little like, it's not a little, it's a lot more opportunity for me to be in different environments, in different situations where normally I would think, okay, I need this kind of gear set up. How am I going to capture good audio? It's like, no, don't care. Like take the GoPro, you know, it's fine. (laughs) And so it's been fun to, sort of build those muscles again, which I really haven't been exercising those muscles in a very long time of filming in different locations, different topics with other people, whatever it might be, um, you know, stuff out in public, which is always uncomfortable, but sometimes you kind of want to 
get a little better at it and a little more comfortable with it. It has been so, so good for that. And just, and that's helped me to then be better on my main channel. So there's been so many benefits to having a second channel that I just wouldn't have, wouldn't have considered, you know, in the, when starting it. Cause initially it was kind of like one channel is a lot of work. Why would I add a second onto that? I'll just put all of my energy into this one thing that I care a lot about and that's it. But having the totally free creative outlet, and this is how I'm doing it, by the way. If you have a second channel, you could approach it totally differently. Having the total freedom of a second channel has just been so awesome, so freeing, so just, it's been amazing. So it's it's a ton of fun. I'm even, I'm actually filming a time-lapse right now of this podcast for a video on that channel. So that's crazy. Uh, anyway, the thing is though, uh, a question that I've been getting a lot is people who want to start out on YouTube and making a channel is immediately having like three ideas for three channels. Okay, I want to do this channel here, I want to do this channel here, and I want to do this channel here. And that I think is a bad idea. I don't think it's a good idea, this is just me personally, to start a second channel until you really understand what one channel is. And, and you've gone through, you've built one channel to whatever point, whatever that means, but probably more than like a couple of videos. You know, you've you've done a number of videos, you've built up a channel, there's some kind of audience for it, you have some sort of, you know, idea of what the channel is for. And then at that point, if you want to start thinking about like, what are things I want to do that really don't fit on this channel? Is that worth another channel? Then it's a, it might be worth thinking about but if you're just starting out, that's way too much to figure out and try to grow and learn across all. It's like, you know, it's speaking of instruments and bands and stuff. It's like, okay, I've never played an instrument before. So instead of just picking up bass and getting a bass teacher and learning how to play the bass, I'm going to take bass lessons and drum lessons and violin lessons. And it's like, uh, you you might make progress on all those things, but you're probably also gonna get confused <laughs> and maybe not make you're not going to make nearly as much progress on all of those things as you would on one of them if you focused on it. And then down the line, get your bass, get your bass lessons, learn a bit. If you want to learn something else, then you go to your violin teacher. And even though it's totally different, you're going to have some of those fundamentals that maybe help you kind of get a head start or learn a little more quickly because you spent the time with the first thing. That's not a terrible analogy, actually. <laughs> Usually I have like the worst ones, but I think it's actually a pretty accurate one. And another really fun thing, so that's my warning. You know, I, I don't want, I, I'm not making this episode to tell you, go start a second YouTube channel because it's definitely not the right thing for everyone. I waited, you know, four and a half years <laughs> to start, to really start one. So it, it's something you can think about for a while. I just want to share my opinions and experience because it's something that I changed my mind on so much. And another thing that has been really fun is, the second channel is a great way, it kind of scratches this itch that I have had since I stopped teaching. One of the benefits to my job teaching was the way that I got to use equipment differently. I got to use a whole bunch of different equipment and I got to use it in ways that I normally wouldn't in my workflow. So even though I was the one who like ordered the equipment, got it all, but so it's not like it was somebody else demanding I use something, but we had all kinds of camera gear, all kinds of filmmaking gear, a lot of stuff geared towards like narrative filmmaking, which I don't do any of, my students did, and then helping them on their projects. So, you know, going in and 
having students say, okay, we need to film this scene here. How do we set up, how do we build a set that looks like this? How do we set up a scene for dialogue? How do we do audio in this situation or whatever it might be, you know, helping them figure these things out was a way for me to constantly learn as well, because I was taking a piece of gear that I was like, oh, this is how you use this thing. But now I'm helping them use it in a different way. And then I learned something else about the piece of gear. That was a huge benefit to starting my YouTube channel in the first place was I taught this stuff for so many years. And it was like, this is how you use cameras. This is how you do that. You know, go out and film, go out and do a thing. And then when I found myself going out and filming and going out and trying to do things and realizing, oh yeah, it is really hard when, you know, this thing doesn't work right, or this kind of camera bag is clunky, or, you know, the stuff that my students were experiencing, I was also now experiencing, so then I understood them and their needs better. It just made everything better. And then when I stopped teaching, obviously I lost that because my my job is just my job, so it's working on my thing, and there's not that totally bizarre outlet of like, you know, how do we make for today's daily broadcast, how do we make this bottle of window cleaner look like it's levitating for some reason because that was relevant? Oh, okay, let's figure that out right now. Like that kind of stuff doesn't happen as often anymore, but having a second channel allows for that stuff to happen more because there's different ideas. I can try different things. I can use my gear in different ways in different places than I normally do. So the GoPro was really the key to that because it's so easy. Like if I'm thinking maybe I want to film something, maybe I don't just putting the GoPro in my pocket and I'm done. The audio is fine. It's not amazing, but it's fine. The colors, if there's a lot of bright light are great. And the audio is, did I talk about the audio? The audio is usually, I can't remember. Oh, the stabilization. That's what it was. I don't need anything else. I don't need like a tripod or whatever because it's got this amazing stabilization. So just this little thing right here, it's so good. And then it can do an easy time lapse, can do whatever I might need to do. But of course, sometimes it doesn't work for everything. So then it's like, well, I have all these other other cameras here, but my second channel has given me a totally new appreciation for the Sony a7 IV, which has been really, really fun. So my main setup for the past like while now if I want to use a regular camera or, you know, a big camera has been the Sony a7 IV with my Sigma 24 1.4 EF lens, my Canon lens. And this, I'm holding it right now. It's for watching the video version. That's what I'm holding. But the a7 IV, I've liked it since I got it. It's a good camera. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> in my mind, it's like, oh, it's the least expensive of my cameras it's still like $700 more expensive than my EOS R was. So prior to the FX3 and the A7S3, this would have been by far the most expensive camera I ever had. But because I went crazy with the Sony cameras last year, now it's like the least expensive of the Sony ones. Um, but the A7 IV, I guess because those ones are so good for video that when I got the A7 IV, the main reason I wanted to get it was for photos, to have a Sony camera that I could do high-res photos with. And, and then it could be a third camera because it's a good video camera. But in the video features, I was focusing on a lot of what it doesn't have. It doesn't have 4K 120, 4K 60 is cropped in. It has the potential to overheat. You know, it's like, well, the other cameras don't have any of those issues and they have all those extra features. So they're, they're better video cameras. They're more dedicated video cameras because this is a hybrid camera. It's going to be a compromise. It's going to just include compromises that cameras that are more dedicated video cameras 
or lean more towards being dedicated video cameras don't have. And so I've liked the a7 IV and it's been a great like third camera, overhead camera, that kind of thing. But now it's been like the take everywhere camera and it's amazing. Like I love this camera <laughs> so much. The things that it's missing, so like 4K 120, turns out that at least for like second channel videos, vlog style videos, not really an issue. I'm not doing a ton of slow motion montages or sequences. If I really wanted to, it does have 1080 120. So I could use that if I wanted to, but I've, I never have. 4K 60, like we were at the beach in uh, Central California last week and using 4K 60 was totally fine. The crop on 4K 60 for me, totally not an issue. The camera crops in like, I think it's one point, is it 1.6 or 1.7? It's kind of a decent sized crop when you go to 4K 60. If I was someone who wanted to have like a main shot, my main wide shot, and film at 4K 60, which I don't do 60 frames a second, but some people do. They really love that ultra smooth thing, especially for streaming. It's, you know, super popular. And then you turn it to 4K and it crops in. That would be really annoying, especially because it does also then, depending on your conditions, make the camera a little more prone to overheating. But for me, if I just want like a little bit of slow motion of something, you know, I'm doing a handheld shot at the beach and I just want a little bit of slow motion of a wave, 4K60 is totally fine. The crop makes no difference for the kind of stuff I do, it turns out. It, in fact, a lot, it helps a lot of times. So I'm using like a 24 millimeter prime lens. The crop kind of lets me get a little bit closer, which is actually kind of cool. So 4K60, so the lack of 120 hasn't been an issue. The crop on 4K60 honestly has not been an issue at all. In some cases, it's been advantageous for how I use it specifically. I definitely understand there are times where it would be a problem. The... Photo capabilities, which is the main reason I got the camera, absolutely amazing, especially with a recent firmware update that it's kind of fixed some autofocus issues, but you've got animal, bird, no, you've got human, animal, and bird. I know birds are animals, but in terms of eye autofocus, they count as something different, which is so cool, like different autofocus for, you know, if it's people, I can use the human one, obviously this makes sense, but you know, then I go out in the backyard with the dogs, boom, put on the animal one, then it gets them perfectly then I want to do birds, especially I was doing that a lot this week. And it literally will not go to a human. If there's a human and a bird in the frame, it will only go to the bird and not the person. That is so cool. And then having 30, what, what is it? 35 mega? I don't know. 30 something megapixels. I, I know this, but it's blinking right now. Is really great because the FX3, the A7S3 are very capable stills cameras, but 12 megapixels doesn't allow you a lot of leeway if you're planning to like edit a lot. You can blow them up to decent sizes if you wanted to print them out, which is something that we do like to do a lot. But having the bigger, higher resolution sensor makes it so easy to, to you know, especially if I'm filming with a wide lens or shooting with a wide lens and turns out I didn't want the shot to be quite that wide, I can just crop in and not lose resolution. And it's like, it's been such a champ to, it's just been so amazing to use this camera for that. And another huge benefit because it does have that higher resolution sensor is in video mode. It has super 35 crop. Um, I'm like about to sneeze right now. It does have a super 35 crop, which is great. And I just program that to the joystick on the back so I can push this and the camera will go instead of full frame, it'll go to super 35, which is cool if you're someone like me who mainly sticks with prime lenses 
because now your prime lens has two focal lengths. And then as most Sony cameras do, it has clear image zoom. So I can even go 1.5 times more, which isn't a lot, but it adds a lot of flexibility to the one lens. And man, the, the amount of times I found myself jumping in between super 35 and full frame, or that I have found myself doing that while using this camera has been great. So the second channel, now this turned into a camera review for like the last hour, but uh, the second channel has given me a totally different appreciation on this piece of equipment. And it's also been great because as fun and as great as the a7S III and the FX3 are, those are kind of the lifeblood of my main channel. And they're very expensive. And all of these cameras are, you know, in relatively limited supply. So if something were to happen to them, it would be really, really bad. It would be really, really bad if something happened to this as well. It's not a cheap camera. It's not something I want to replace or anything. I want to take as good care of it as possible. But it's a little bit peace of mind to know, like, if I'm just going out and goofing around, I'm not taking my $4,000 camera that I rely on to be able to do my job as good as possible. Like that is safe here. I don't mind taking those cameras out if I, you know, if it's for a specific purpose, but having this is like kind of the, the go everywhere camera has just been awesome. And then I have been using the Canon, the Sigma Canon mount 24 millimeter 1.4. This was my main lens for a long time, but I just put the adapter on it. So that way it fits on the Sony camera. And the reason for that is kind of the same thing. I have the Sony 24 millimeter 1.4, which is image quality wise, these lenses are actually pretty similar, but that lens is dead silent autofocus. It's, it's such a good lens. I love it very much, which is also why I don't want to take it everywhere. And, you know, like, it's just not a lens that I want to subject to risk or anything in the way that, not that I'm putting myself in risky situations, but you know what I mean? There's risk in everything. And so I'm a little more comfortable here, even though this lens is a lot noisier with autofocus. So in the videos, you kind of hear the like autofocus sound a little bit more, but it's fine. Like whatever, I don't care. And then I got this Sony mic, which I have a video coming out about um, the Sony ECM B1M. I was finally able to find one in stock and I've had it for a few weeks now. Peter had this and he's the one that made me realize this is an amazing lens. It just mounts on the hot shoe of any of these cameras. And that's it. And it draws power from the camera. There are no cables. There are no batteries. And then it also has tons of control. So it can be, you know, I can have it be directional in front of the camera. I can flip a switch, have it be omnidirectional. So if I'm behind the camera, I can talk. I can boost the signal or cut the signal. I can put on, you know, low cut filters and things just all from right here. So this has made it so easy to get, to get really good audio in most situations, but even in crummy situations, like at the beach where it's super windy and crazy and noisy, I can at least get usable audio and not, not worry about it. So this little setup has just been awesome. And then it's been really fun to kind of like, as I've been doing this more and more and more frequently, finding ways to streamline it. So I was using, well, I didn't really have a good like vlogging tripod. Um, and then I got the what is this? The PGY Tech Mantis Pod Pro. This, there probably will be a video about this thing because this is perfect. Um, I freaking love this thing so much. It's a very small little tripod that, you know, you can fit the camera on, but it's so incredibly strong for how small it is. 
and then you can hold it so it's a nice little like it's everything the gorillapod should be without being super heavy and then like bending when you don't want it to bend and then it just unfolds into a little tripod which makes things super easy you can reposition you can reposition parts of it i know this is now turning into tripod review you can make it go low to the flow if you want it's got a ball mount on it so that way you can get whatever angle you need it's got something i've never seen on any handheld tripod head which is it actually has a video pan functionality which means like fluid panning so you can actually get like smooth camera movement if you need to with this which is amazing and it's basically just a um arca swiss plate so it mounts you know you can inter interchange plates and stuff if you need to it even comes with a little phone mount <laughs> that's built into like the handle so if you decide i need to film something with my phone real quick you always have a phone mount right there i laughed at that um until peter and i were in a situation where we needed to use a phone and it was like oh shoot we actually have a phone mount <laughs> and i ended up using it and then of course the thing i think that made this the most popular while it was when it was first released last year was it has this little tab that comes out of one of the legs and that basically lets it hang off of stuff. So um, you can hang it off of fences, chairs, walls, like whatever. And it actually works surprisingly well. It's, it's mostly plastic and there's metal in there, um, but it's, it's real sturdy. And again, it's another thing that like Peter showed me the benefit of. And I figured if it can survive being used by him on a daily basis for about a year and a half and still work great. I'm going to be, I'm going to be fine <laughs> because we are not, we are very different uh, levels of hard on our equipment. So if it can stand up to him, it'll stand up to what I have. No problem. So it's been really fun. You know, the last time I did any kind of like vlog style stuff was very much in the gorilla pod, big DSLR, big road video mic on top of it, which is fine. Like that's a really good high quality way to do stuff, but it's big. And then there's also impracticalities because the road mics are great, but you have to remember to plug them in and keep them plugged in. You also have to remember to charge the batteries and sometimes depending on the mic, turn it on or off. So that's a potential issue. The GorillaPod totally really just not meant for video. And you know, it doesn't take long before they start drooping, sinking, sagging. The number of cameras that have been tipped over but not, not just me, but people in general because of Gorillapods is absurd. So it's been fun to go like, hey, it's 2022. There's a whole new crop of tools out there. What can I use and how can I put these things together? And I'm currently on the quest for like the perfect practical camera bag. Uh, but it's been, the point is, it's like the same enthusiasm and excitement I felt way back when I started my channel, my main channel. And it was like, but God, just making videos is so fun. Everything can be a video. Look, could I use this tool to do a video this way? Could I make a video about this? Like everything is just fun and exciting. And everything on that channel, I do want to be clear, is still fun and exciting. And I still absolutely love it. And I've never made a video I don't want to make. But there is a very specific awareness of like, okay, there are 100,000 people here and I want to make something that that will benefit them as much as possible. So you know, if the last thing I talked about was how to process your audio in a certain way, well, now it makes sense to talk about a microphone or to talk about how to use a camera. Like, what is something that makes sense as a takeaway and then do the best job I possibly can at that? That's a totally different creative challenge. And it is actually really, really fun and really fulfilling. So I, I love that. This is just something different. And both kind of help each other. Like, 
they both, it's the same thing about when I started my YouTube channel to try and have an escape from my job as a teacher. And, you know, something that's on my own is totally separate. It's not connected. But then it turned out that being a teacher made me better at doing YouTube because it helped me. It had taught me how to communicate clearly. Not that you might be able to guess that from this podcast. It taught me how to communicate clearly. It taught me how to structure things in an understandable way. It taught me to be a bit more comfortable in front of a crowd, which is not something that came natural to me at all. But all things are very helpful to YouTube. And then making stuff on YouTube ended up making me a better teacher because it gave me, um, you know, it gave me more technical skills. It gave me more knowledge, and it also gave me more insight into. I had been very stuck in my ways of like this is how I learned to do stuff back in my day, and this is how things should be. And it was like actually, you know cameras can have autofocus and all these little things that seem like they make sense, but it's like learning how to do it for myself in a more modern time gave me a better skill set and a better perspective and a better understanding that made me a better teacher. And so this is kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, start the second channel to make videos that are just sort of for fun with no pressure. And they are, but that creative outlet takes a lot of pressure off the videos I'm making for my main channel because they don't have to do this thing that they can't do by satisfying like these creative needs or whatever that they're just not that's not what they're for necessarily all the time but all of those skill sets all that knowledge helps me be better at the videos I'm making on the second channel and the second channel helps me to feel more comfortable more creative and gives me more ideas for stuff I'm making on the main channel so they all they both like just help each other be better And like I mentioned earlier, the biggest benefit of having the second channel is literally just having the second channel, just knowing that it's there, that I have that outlet. It's it's just it's just such a cool, freeing, creative feeling that I wouldn't have expected. So, um, and that's a long way. Because about a year ago, I was like, "Now second channels, people shouldn't have second channels. They should really just try to figure out how to make things work on one channel, and one channel simpler, and all this stuff." And it's like I feel like I was wrong. (laughs) I totally changed my opinion on that. So, um, be interested to know what you think about that. If you want to share anything, of course, Tom at enthusiasmproject.com, send me a message or go to hi, my name is Tom.com and record a thing and submit it. It's super easy. Bailey, if you're listening, I, I remember you said you wanted to submit something, but I might not have given you notice. I apologize. We can include that in the ser- series season finale next week, which again, something pretty special might be happening there. So thank you for spending your time with me. I appreciate it. I hope this was fun. I hope this was entertaining, interesting, had some props to show you. <laughs> uh, there we go. With that being said, I hope you have a safe, happy, healthy, fun rest of your week, and I will see you next time.